This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Wednesday, January 19th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. A tax break for zero-emission trucks. Filibuster finale. And no SCOTUS decision. Again. Bill easing taxes on zero-emission trucks gains broad support. The Senate on Tuesday approved a measure that would grant a five-year sales tax exemption of 4% for purchases of medium and heavy-duty zero-emission trucks. Senator Monique Limon of Santa Barbara noted that heavy-duty trucks are responsible for about 35% of the statewide nitrogen oxide emissions. Her measure would support the governor's goal of transitioning these vehicles to zero emission by 2045. Republican Senator Shannon Grove of Bakersfield worried that the cost for this transition would be passed on to consumers, exacerbating already high prices for bacon and eggs, for example. I just don't think the whole thing is thought through, and there's going to be a huge burden on our constituents, said Grove. Lemon, who represents ports in her district, pointed out that the bill is a tax break that has been welcomed by the transportation industry. Vilsack lays out 10-year strategy for combating wildfires. The Biden administration yesterday released a 10-year strategy for wildfire prevention that targets high-risk areas where communities, infrastructure, and natural resources are endangered. The Forest Service plans to work with the Interior Department as well as tribes, states, local communities, and private landowners and other partners on landscape scale projects for reducing hazardous fuels such as trees, shrubs, and grasses and for improving forest health. The Forest Service intends to treat up to an additional 20 million acres on national forests and grasslands and assist with projects on an additional 30 million acres of other federal, state, tribal, and private lands. The bipartisan infrastructure bill enacted last fall provided $3 billion for the work. The negative impacts of the day's largest wildfires far outpace the scale of efforts to protect homes, communities, and other natural resources, according to Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. End in sight for filibuster fight. Senate Democrats are nearing the end of their internal fight over whether to change the filibuster rules to pass election legislation. The result is not in doubt, given that Senator Joe Manchin, the West Virginia Democrat, and Kirsten Semina, uh, Arizona Democrat, remain steadfast in defending the filibuster. By the way, Senator Chuck Grassley, the Iowa Republican, invoked none other than the Farm Bill when he warned reporters yesterday about the precedent that would be set by changing the rules now. Grassley said, five years from now, somebody's going to say, we did it five years ago for voting rights. Why can't we do it for the Farm Bill or something like that? This is going to destroy the only political institution we got in America that forces bipartisanship. No decision in ag cases. It was another week without an announcement from the Supreme Court on two petitions with potentially huge impacts for agriculture. The court's next conference is this coming Friday, and that'll be the last one for a month, according to Michael Formica, general counsel for the National Pork Producers Council. 
NPPC and the American Farm Bureau Federation are asking the court to hear a challenge to California's Proposition 12 standards for sow housing. The justices use the conferences to decide what cases to hear. Their decisions are typically announced the following Monday. The other petition awaiting a decision involves two Idaho landowners who want the justices to take another look at federal wetland regulation. Sulfoxiflor arguments on tap in the Ninth Circuit. A federal appeals court hears arguments today in a challenge to EPA's approval of sulfoxiflor, which environmental groups and beekeepers say harms pollinators. The Center for Food Safety, Center for Biological Diversity, Pollinator Stewardship Council, and American Beekeeping Federation, as well as beekeeper Jeffrey Anderson, are asking the court to set aside the 2019 registration. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals will hear from petitioning groups, EPA, and manufacturer Corteva AgriScience sells the pesticide under the brand names Transform and Closer. EPA has asked the court to allow the insecticide to remain on the market while it evaluates the risk it poses to endangered species. A California court ruled last month that the product cannot be used in the state because the Department of Pesticide Regulation did not adequately assess its risk to bees. Selling rice with an iPhone. Two retail stores and four online sellers in Taiwan doubled their sales of U.S. rice over two months during a promotion that offered an iPhone as a grand prize giveaway, along with other prizes such as cooking timers, according to the USA Rice Federation. According to the participating importers, results of the campaign were impressive, yielding sales of more than 10,000 packages of U.S. rice, more than double sales during the non-promotional period, said Jim Gwynn, USA Rice Director of Asia Promotion Programs. In addition to medium grain rice, the predominant U.S. import here, one importer introduced U.S. long grain jasmine rice to local consumers for the first time. The U.S. sold 53,846 metric tons of rice worth $32 million to Taiwan. That's the 12th largest forward market for U.S. rice in the first 11 months of 2021. U.S. cherry exports to India set to significantly expand. Count cherries is another U.S. commodity that will benefit from recent talks with India. The two countries have agreed to new phytosanitary protocols that will greatly expand U.S. access to the Indian market, that according to a report from USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. The U.S. sold $600,000 worth of cherries to India in 2021, but the sales could reach as high as $5 million annually as a result of the new protocols, according to the FAS office in New Delhi. India also finalized an agreement last week to end a bureaucratic barrier that had prevented the U.S. from shipping pork there. The pork and cherry deals were negotiated and agreed upon in November when U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai attended trade meetings in New Delhi. USDA updating conservation standards. The Natural Resources Conservation Service proposing to revise some of its conservation practice standards, putting more emphasis on the development of soil organic matter for areas such as historic and archaeological sites that need permanent vegetative cover, for example. 
The agency mostly is proposing minor changes for clarity in the standards for surface and subsurface irrigation systems, ponds, residue, and tillage management, both reduced till and no-till systems, and subsurface and vertical drains, among others. The proposal comes with a 30-day public comment period. Here's today's She Said It. As any good sausage maker will tell you, it's complicated. A California Farm Bureau policy advocate, Taylor Roshan, in a column explaining the state budget process. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Wednesday, January 19th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Nally.